What is up, guys? This is the Wise and Well podcast, and I am your host, Herman Lin. My mission is to help make fitness and nutrition way more simple and realistic for you so that you can improve both your physical and mental health. Each week, I interview a guest to bring you actionable insights that you can apply every day to build the healthiest and most fulfilling life. Let's go. Today, I talk with Lisa Davis, who primarily focuses on helping women stay healthy and confident as they age. What we talked about today, though, really applies to pretty much anyone who works full time, maybe has a family, wants to stay healthy, but feels like they just don't have the time to prioritize their health. We start by hearing Lisa's story and why she prioritizes her health, not for herself, but for the people around her. You'll hear about why consistency is more important than being optimal, how to track calories without losing your mind, and then a deep dive on the actual tactics and systems that Lisa uses to automate her healthy habits. Things like making a list of healthy grab-and-go items that she always has available, working out when you're short on time and still getting your workouts in, and also how to make meal prep just way easier and much more realistic. There's a lot of things that you're going to be able to take away from this episode that are just going to feel much more doable than the usual health advice and things that you can actually apply to your life. So I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Speaking of making healthy eating easy, I want to let you know that I'm extending my partnership with Fresh Chef Go Forward. So if you live in the Milwaukee or Madison area and you're looking for fresh cooked, healthy meals delivered right to your door. Literally, all you have to do is just heat them up. Oh, and by the way, they actually taste really good. Just to give you a glimpse of this week, they have a chili-loaded baked potato bowl, which sounds amazing, a sweet corn and tomato risotto, and then a lobster and shrimp salmon. Yeah, that's a, a roasted salmon topped with lobster shrimp sauce. I'm going to stop talking because I'm getting way too hungry, but check it out at Fresh Chef mke.com and use the code wise and well for 10% off all your orders plus free delivery. That's wise and a and d well. Place your order by Thursday and you'll get it delivered by Monday. All right, guys, enjoy the show. Hi, Lisa. Hey, thanks for having me today, Herman. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Got a good workout, um, which is always a precursor to a wonderful day. Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. Here we are. So I'm excited to have you on. You're, uh, I kind of look at you as like the excuse buster um, because whether it's, you know, whether it's it's age or being super busy or, you know, being a mom, you've, you kind of have it all <laughs> and, and you find ways to still, you know, prioritize your own health and your own fitness. So I'm, I'm so excited to chat with you about how you do all that. Well, thanks. I love talking about it and I'm super passionate about this. So I'm excited to share some of my tips with you today. Awesome. So first, you know, I, I would love to just kind of share, you know, I, a lot of your social media really focuses around kind of helping um, women as they age over 40 and really trying to stay fit. So one, why is that even important? Well, and it's important to me um, because I have a, a personal connection to chronic 
um, illness, honestly. Mm. So for me, it, yes, I just share a lot about fitness, but it's really more about nutrition and diet for me. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, if most people could dial that in, they probably would be 80% of the way there. Um, and so, uh, just, I'm going to back up a little bit if that's okay with you and kind of share a little bit about why I started in this industry, um, and why I'm so passionate about it. But when I was 16, my dad bought me a gym membership for the first time, um, for a Christmas gift. And I fell in love with fitness at that point. That was back in the days, um, the 90s, when it was thong leotards and scrunchy big, scrunchy mm-hmm. socks and big hair and step aerobics. And I fell in love with step aerobics. I became certified as an instructor at 16 years old. And I went on to teach for 12 years, group fitness all through college, loved it. Um, but my mom ended up um, coming with me to a lot of the classes and um, had a really hard time working out. She had gained a lot of weight. She was having nosebleeds and had chronic head pain after the classes. We come to mm. find out on my fast forward, we found out that my mom had misdiagnosed um, neuroblastoma, which was brain cancer um, that we struggled with for more than 20 years. So wow. at the time I'm taking care of young children and I'm taking care of a parent, which is a little early Um, my sister and I were just talking about that, how most people are at my age, which is 45 plus now starting to finally just take care of aging and ailing, you know, ailments of parents. And I was doing it at a very young age. Um, it was traumatic. You know, I've written a lot about my mom's cancer and it was just, there's moments I'll never forget. Um, but after she recovered and was in remission, my dad had a heart attack, his first heart attack. He had, uh, I think it's called six tuplet, six tuple, um, or six bypasses. I can't even remember how you say it, but mm-hmm. he had six bypasses. He had been on the old school Atkins and what I call dirty Atkins, which is the cheese and bacon diet. Mm. And he had lost a lot of weight, but it had not done anything, any, any service to his pre um, his um, precondition or what do you call, genetic predisposition to heart mm-hmm. um, issues and cardiac failure that ran in his family and cardiac issues. And anyway, so he had six bypasses. Um, my parents went on to just have a kind of slow decline in their quality of life. And um, that meant that myself and my siblings ended up doing a lot of caretaking during a lot of those years when I had um, three children under the age of four initially. So I had three children back to back within 18 months of each other. Now I have another child and I had another child when I had, was almost 40. So I went back into, uh, <laughs> mothering again at that point. Um, not that I ever stopped with the others, but I had <laughs> a lot of kids <laughs> all at one time. Um, and so, um, you know, that really inspired me. Um, that was the first first glimpse into how health really does impact our long-term outcomes, our quality of life, chronic disease. First time I started looking at like the things my mom was trying to teach me at at the time was, was juicing and baking bread and like Mm. really getting more into whole foods. Didn't, I'm not, I wasn't as far in my journey as I am now, but that was the first thing that kind of inspired my love for fitness, inspired my love for nutrition and really wanting to do it differently than what my parents had done it and learning from others. And I think that is always helpful. So I don't have as much of a like personal transformation story, although I do have some issues that I've had to overcome as much as I've watched the people that I love 
get sick. And then eventually my mom did pass away. My dad actually passed away before her of a heart attack, which was shocking to all of us because my mom struggled with cancer for so long that we always thought she'd be the first to go. And it was my dad who was the first to go. And um, so it's difficult being younger, losing both of your, um, of your parents, but it made me want to do it differently. And so when I had, since I have all the children, I wanted to be able to live as long as possible in the best state possible. So not just longevity, but also quality of life. Um, Didn't want to have my, my kids have to do a lot of the things that I had to do. Not that it wasn't a pleasure. I wouldn't go back and do it. I have no regrets. It's just, it was a lot. It was Mm -hmm. stressful. It was just a lot going on. There's issues and traumas and resentments that I had to deal with from caretaking from such an early age. Mm. And so, you know, now when my kids say something like, oh, why won't you ever make regular brownies? You know, I, I, I was able to explain to my 16 year old the other day that, you know, by the time my mom was my age, she was already five years into her cancer journey. She looked terrible. She felt terrible. She was fighting for her life. And here I am, you know, I'll be 45. I'm, I can outrun you. You know, I'm telling my 16 year old, boy, you know, I can out exercise, I can out bench you and out squat you, buddy. You know, know, um, you, I, I know that they don't have that total, they can't conceptualize it totally because it's my personal experience, but I wanted something different for them. And so I dedicated my life to being very consistent with my workouts, with my lifestyle, with my health and eating and nutrition. And I've been able to do that. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I mean, that's very understandable. One, I'm sorry you had to go through so much of that, you know, very early on in your life. I, I can't imagine how difficult that was to go through both of your parents um, struggling like that. And I'm sure that shaped a lot of your, your viewpoints around nutrition and fitness. And I think it's, you know, it's so apparent that's what probably puts a perspective of, you know, I think in general, a lot of people think, oh, as we age, it's just inevitable, right? You know, I just start gaining weight. I start becoming less mobile. I lose muscle and, you know, it's, we almost feel like we don't have a choice, which is really weird. And I, I actually like in my head when I was younger, I felt, I thought that for a long time until you realize like, no, you just have to actually do something about it. Right. Um, and it doesn't have to be as intense or as crazy as what a lot of the information out there is. And I think that's why I resonate a lot with, with your content is because you keep it, I mean, pretty simple. There's not a lot of things that you say you have to do. That is so true. And I, and I, I have to say, you do such a great job with your content too, before I even address that, because, and that's why we connected because I was sharing your content. I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's got it. This is it. This, <laughs> and I still share it all the time. Like I shared it this weekend. I was like, this is it. I mean, one post about you know, lifting weights and do, you know, it's not monumental, mm-hmm. um, but you're so right. And that's kind of why I honed in on my niche being 40 plus. Um, because there's a lot of people in the fitness and nutrition space and there's a lot of information out there. And, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times the issue is why can't people execute on it? Right. And why can't they adhere to whatever they have planned for themselves? And, 
Um, so that's where I feel like I kind of can help people because it's like you said, it's not monumental. It's just consistency. And, um, I don't know if you, you ever listen to mind pump, but you know, the guys on there will say, I love listening to them. Just talk to each other, but they'll say, you know, a terrible workout plan done consistently is far more effective than a really great workout plan done inconsistently. And so um, I try to really hammer home on that point that it's just consistency. It's just little tiny things and um, examples of what that might look like because people think, oh my gosh, I've got to be either on or I've got, or or I'm off. And one of my favorite quotes is that um, all or nothing leads to nothing. Like that's it. Like you're you're either on or off. Well, Mm -hmm. really, you just need to keep your foot on the gas just slightly and the car will keep rolling. Just don't take your foot off the gas. Yeah. I, one, I would say, uh, mind pump has shaped like 80% of, of the direction that I went with my fitness journey. I mean, the resistance revolution, um, yes. resistance training revolution that Sal Stefano wrote, that was the book that kind of altered my whole, my whole viewpoint wow. of, of fitness in general. So I've learned a lot from those guys, definitely. Um, and if anyone has not heard, I would definitely highly recommend um, that podcast. They put out so much great free information for everybody. So 100% agree with that. And, and I think the consistency, it's, I mean, it's so true. And, and I think that's the trap that so many people fall into. And, and I fell into this for a very long time is that you start a new workout, you know, and, and you believe in your head, like, all right, well, I just got to, I got to do every day of this. And if I just do it a hundred percent, then I'm going to get all these results. And the reality is, is like, if you miss a day, it really doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, Um, what matters is, are you going to do this the next 20 years? And if you're going to do that, then you have to be okay with it not being a hundred percent a lot of the times. And that's, and not even just a missed day, but you know, sometimes you're going to go to the gym and it's going to be a shitty workout that's <laughs> and right. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's ultimately being consistent in doing things most of the time and settling for good enough is really going to get you way better results than trying to do something perfect for four weeks and then inevitably doing nothing for two months because of that. That's right. That's and that consistency is everything. Um, and one of my favorite quotes is, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to Darren Hardy's podcast, but he's written a book called, um, what's it called? Uh, gosh. Um, oh crap. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, he, he talks a lot about that, that like things done inconsistently. And, um, you know, on a recent post I made this past weekend, it was about the little things too that we um, we overcomplicate and think, oh my gosh, if I'm on the diet, like you just said, then I have to yeah. be on it 100%. Instead, we have to look at every little thing that we do and just make um, decisions in the moment. Like, oh, that's what, it brings me back to the quote. Okay, I don't know, you can get back to this, but, um, you know, when we're eating out, instead of having the whole burger, just take off one bun or choose to have half the fries or, mm-hmm. you know, choose your indulgences carefully. People overcomplicate that and think, Oh, I'm vacation. I'm just going to go balls to the wall and eat whatever I want right now. And um, instead of thinking about the small things like, ah, I really don't like brownies. So I'm just going to skip the brownies instead. It's like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm on vacation. I'm going to eat all the brownies, you know? So um, making those small decisions in addition to the consistency factor 
Yeah. It's if I'm talking to a client about like losing fat, you know, or anyone, I, I think one of the biggest issues that we have when in, if you look at diet statistics in general, right, we're really good at losing weight. We just suck at keeping it off. You know, 80% of people gain the weight back. And it's, uh, I was actually working on a post about this. It's, it's not that diets don't work. It's just that 80% of our diets suck. <laughs> and we most of the time, they try to make you change your entire life. And that is the worst way to do it. You don't need to restrict specific foods or specific food groups or anything like that. It really just comes down to a numbers game. If you're eating more than you are burning, you're going to gain weight and vice versa. And when you kind of just fully accept that, it becomes much easier. So instead of, you know, doing all these things where you change everything that you eat, I always, I think about it like, um, the same way you would audit your expenses on a month to month basis and look at things like, okay, uh, do I really need that Hulu subscription, right? (laughs) For, for 10 bucks, or do I, do I really need to be paying for, um, these Peloton classes that I put on like once a month on my TV, you know, like all those types of things seem small, but they add up. So the same way in your regular day, don't change what you're eating. Look at, you know, leave it exactly how it is now. And maybe you look and say, all right, I've used this sauce that's like 200 calories a tablespoon. And I don't really even care that much about it. You know, I'm just kind of used to using it. So maybe I can change that out for like a hot sauce or something that has zero calories or even half the calories. And right there, if you do that every day, you're going to start moving in that direction without changing anything else. Totally agree. Well, and I think that's where tracking might come in and be helpful for people, at least in the short term. And that's Mm -hmm. why I do talk a lot about that because it just brings in awareness and you scan something and you're like, Oh, like you said, the sauce, you're like, Oh God, it's 200 calories. Like that's insane. Like I know I can Mm -hmm. do better than that. Um, or, you know, even recently I just put nuts on my salad the other day and I love these nuts. And I was like, gosh, wow, that was really dense. (laughs) Yeah. my, My fat macro. And, um, so it just brings you an awareness. You don't have to do it forever, but it, it does teach you something about your body. It teaches you something about maybe what you are eating that's very high in sugar or very high in fat. And could you find a swap? And that's where the hacks come in, with which which is something you just brought up. Swapping out, um, swapping out is really powerful long term because it's a tiny thing that you can do that long term can add up to again calorie in versus calorie out, fat loss. And so, um, like even in my group with my healthy community, I call them a healthy living community. I have created like swap guides, things like, Hey, you love, I don't know, uh, bread. Um, great. You can either keep eating the bread or maybe switch it to a healthier bread, like Mm -hmm. Ezekiel bread or switch it to maybe a cauliflower thin and toast it and have that as a sandwich or eat a whole, you know, whole, um, wheat wrap instead of, you know, the white bread. Cause we are trying to get closer to a whole food, right. Um, lifestyle. And that will always hopefully move you in the right direction because it's more satiating. It does stuff to your body biologically. It's great, better for your gut, all of that. So little tiny things are so, so important and can make such a big difference long-term, but it is really hard to get people to understand that because they think it has to be all or nothing, very monumental. And it's really just the small changes. It's choosing 
on vacation, like they had posts the other day, just to get a workout every day while you're on vacation, or at least walk. I'm not, I didn't get a workout every day, but I at least walked or got my movement in or stayed on as much of schedule as I could. Did I eat and drink as much as I wanted of the stuff that like, yeah, yeah, I did. But the rest of the day, I was still sticking pretty close to my schedule. Yeah, that I really love the way you describe tracking as an awareness tool. Um, because I think that's, that's such a polarizing topic and I've talked about it in the show, you know, from multiple angles, I've had people on the show that have lost over a hundred pounds. I've had people on the show that have terrible relationships with food because of tracking and, um, because, because they were using it as kind of like a limit, right? Okay. Here's, here's the amount I can eat. And I have to be below this every single day. And some people that ends up in a place where you start restricting to the level where, it does start harming your mental health. Right. So, but I think if you can kind of reframe it and say like, Hey, this is, I'm just going to use this to help myself see patterns in my own food and see where there's maybe gaps. And it's not, you know, one calories is such a hard thing from a total tracking standpoint to be fully accurate ever. I think we just need to, we just need to understand that like people will go and they'll go online and they'll plug in their weight, their height and everything. And it kicks out this number for maintenance and they just assume that's correct. And a lot of times it's not, you know, because right. we all, we all move differently. We all have different lifestyles. We all have different genetics. And so like, please don't go on a website and just follow blindly, whatever that calorie says. And, and just start assuming that if you eat that, it's, it's good enough for you. Um, but if you kind of look at it and say, okay, you know what, the numbers are going to be a little bit varied, a little bit fuzzy, but is there anything really big I can tell? Oh man, look at this. Like I, I don't eat nearly enough protein, you know, like, like half of it. Okay. Probably a pretty big opportunity or wow. Look at this half the days. I didn't eat a single vegetable. Okay. That's probably something I should focus on. Like doing things like that. I think tracking in it, in the, in this research shows is very effective and very effective to help you kind of understand what direction you should start moving. And I think there's certainly a way to do it that doesn't harm your mental health and actually helps you have, feel like you have more control over your eating patterns. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I think it's, it is eye opening. So I don't stick to, Oh my gosh, it has to be perfect. It's really just, okay. Am I hitting my protein goal? Mm -hmm. And that's where I've kind of coached my folks is just to kind of, set your protein goal and, and look at that first. And mm-hmm. then the fat and the carbs can fall where, where they need to fall. But it really is very helpful with the protein because you posted the other day about like, you know, what is the magic bullet? Everybody's looking for a magic bullet. There is yeah. really not a magic bullet, but if you want to get as close as possible to a magic bullet, your post was like, it's two to three, you know, lifts a, a week and hitting your protein goal and then managing stress and sleeping, something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's yeah. And walking, you know, every day that, and it's, um, if we could just get there, it wouldn't even like, we could get into like the nitty gritty of exactly what you're eating and really fine tuning, which you can get there at some point if yeah. you want to, you can go seasons where you're doing that, but overreaching big goals. Those are the major points. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, and that's the thing that we try to find all these secrets and, you know, we look at intermittent fasting, cold plunges, like all these things that look, there's some benefit to all those things for some people, but 
if you're not doing, you know, if you're not strain training, if you're not eating mostly whole foods, doesn't even have to be like, if you're 80%, right. If you're not eating protein every day and all those things, then some of those other ones just don't really matter. Like they're not going to, they're not going to give you that much bang for your buck that you need to obsess over them. And I think part of it is also like just demystifying the why behind some of these things. Cause I think where, where people get in trouble is, and this is where I struggled for a long time was like, let's say clean eating. So essentially trying to eat mostly whole foods, right? For a long time, like I was really under the impression that, you know, seed oils are going to kill you and you have to avoid all these refined flours and gluten as much as you can. And it all, it always came from a place of fear, you know, um, where it's not necessarily like it's, it's not the fact that seed oils are going to kill you. And it's not the fact that, you know, sugar and all these things are the devil. Like here's, here's the very simple truth. We have figured out a way to combine fat, sugar, salt, and all these things into foods that are super convenient and they taste really, really good. (laughs) And they are just simply easy to, to eat more of and not feel as full. And that's it. That's the whole secret. That's, that's why, that's why I recommend more whole foods. Cause I think it's just easier to actually understand when you're full and hungry. That is true because it also, those highly palatable, what I call mouth porn foods, <laughs> yep. they have an effect on the brain that makes your brain want more. And they mm-hmm. also affect hormone and gut health. So I'm sort of in the middle, Armin. I mean, it's really tough because we have these bipolar sides when it comes to fitness and nutrition these days. I don't know if you've noticed this where you've got like the holistic camp that thinks everything's going to kill you. Yep. Um, And then you've got the bodybuilding sort of fitness world where it's like, nothing's going to kill you, whatever you want, unless if it fits in your macros, then anything fits. Right. I really feel like the truth is very much somewhere in the middle. And so do I avoid seed oils? Yes, I do. Do mm-hmm. I avoid highly palatable foods? Yes, I do. But if I'm on vacation and my kids are having a donut and I really want the donut, am I going to eat it? Yeah. But it's probably maybe twice a year that I do something like that. Yeah. Um, and do I have any guilt and shame about it? Absolutely not. I move on. But um, like, I just feel like there is some benefit and truth to pretty much everything. Like you said, cold plunging is good for you. We know it. Sauna is good for you. We know that. Working out. But what are the major rocks, right? And that's what mm-hmm. your point is. Like, what are the major rocks? The major rocks is whole foods, 80-20. Really, if we can achieve that, we are like way ahead. 80-20 is 80% on board eating whole foods, um, which we can get into this like meal prepping and like what mm-hmm. it takes because we all know we need to eat healthy. We all know right. we need to eat more whole foods. We don't do it. it right. our, our problem right now is adherence and consistency, right? So how do we do it? Because we all have access to the same information more than ever before in our day and age. We know what we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing, but we just can't do it. I mean, when you look at our society, America is, you know, we're fat and we're sick. And I know we're not even supposed to say the word fat anymore, but we are. We're, you know, mm-hmm. and Dr. Mark Hyman says what's making you sick is making you fat. What's making you fat is making you sick. Because there, there is a lot of correlation between disease and metabolic disease in our body and breeding that. So I'm in the middle on all of that. Yes, I listen to all of it. I I do have a Diet Coke every once in a while. You know, I don't yeah. think artificial sugars once in a while are going to kill you. 
you know, but I see the benefit of all of it. But I always bring it back to, like you said, the big rack, which is whole foods. And how do we do that? And that's where I am really big on systems and meal prep, because I feel like that's where, okay, that's where it actually happens. Like, great, you want to eat healthy, how are you going to do it? What's the plan? Um, And one of my favorite books is um, James Clear's Atomic Habits, where he says, you know, goals are great but we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And so you can have a lofty goal of losing weight, losing fat, you know, whatever, um, eating right this year. Well, how's that going to work logistically? I mean, we're busy. Like I've got four kids, you know, and I've got the two businesses and a husband who travels and so much going on. Well, you have to look at the calendar and go, these are the big rocks. They're on my schedule. They're in my calendar and I'm not going to negotiate with it. Um, so for instance, you know, workouts, if lifting is important to you and getting your workouts, you can't just hope that you're going to have the time. You have to schedule it, get it done. And usually the earlier, the better, because the further along you go in your day, the more excuses and negotiating mm-hmm. you make up in your mind. With nutrition, that is the meal prepping and the planning. And for um, us, that's a big strength of mine that I feel like I hopefully help people to be inspired to, which is like, you have to actually buy in bulk, defrost the meat. Here's how you do it. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really simple. Yeah. So I want to dive into systems and and spend a lot of time there because I know that's, that's where, um, that's where a lot of your magic comes from. So, um, just to kind of close the loop on the last one. And that's, you know, when we talk about being in the middle, I, I think, you know, that's one that I'm like, I would happily, agree to disagree or agree to agree. And wherever we fall, we fall. Cause I think we're kind of talking about similar things. And I think I totally, I totally agree that it's like, it's, there seems to be very split sides on this one. Um, I think that, I think that ultimately is like, we're just, we're kind of just arguing about what the actual dose of the poison is, you know? Cause I think where I, where I don't like is where influencers or people who, you know, are experts or whatever, use the terms like you have to completely eliminate or this is going to kill you, you know, because I think when they say those things, it puts a fear in your head that like you can never touch these things where, you know, I think on the other side, like someone like Elaine Norton will say, yeah, but it's just, it ultimately just comes down to the dose, you know, like all apples will kill you if you eat too many of them because there's cyanide in them. Right. So it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with avoiding those as long as you're like, Hey, I'm just going to choose not to do this. And I don't, it doesn't really affect me. Right. Um, so I, I think ultimately though, it's, it's just, if you look at the total diet of Americans, we're eating like 70% ultra processed right. foods. Like it's right. kind of, it's kind of it. wild. Right. We got to flip, flip that number and all that other stuff. I think will kind of work itself out. Um, but it's, you know, I think, a lot of people in this space were arguing about some of those things where it's like, you know, I've said this before, like we don't really need to argue about the glycemic index of white potatoes versus sweet potatoes. We just need people to eat less French fries overall. Right. Um, that is so, so true. <laughs> so that's, so that's the thing is like, it's, it's, it's something that I think whatever we feel the right dose is, whatever. I think there's the big rocks that we agree on. Like those are the things that we need to focus on for sure. So you are so right that the biggest problem is how do you actually do that? Right. And there's so, there's a lot of people who talk about, Hey, do just do this, do this. And 
I think the the most unfortunate thing is a lot of people don't really have empathy for mo- what most people's lives look like. You know, a lot of people have been in the fitness space forever. Um, and they've always been, they always have been in the gym for four hours a day and have been really passionate about nutrition. And they don't understand how somebody who maybe works 50 hours a week, juggles three kids and has never really learned anything about nutrition or fitness outside of what we learned in like health class in seventh grade isn't, you know, they can't understand how they're not doing all these things um, because they don't really understand what it's like to be in the life of those people. That is true. And I guess that's where a lot of um, what comes to mind for me is automation, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you're that busy. Um, So we don't even have to talk about cooking and recipes. you know, when you are extremely busy where you don't even have the time to cook, that's the nice thing about our day and age is that everything's at your fingertips. So we've got um, grocery stores delivering. We've got services like ButcherBox, Thrive Market. You can auto ship everything. It just shows up at your door, which I love. There's a lot of meal planning services, and especially in our area. And I know we're a small area, so I'm assuming there's a lot more in bigger cities, but just really getting to, okay, how can I take this off my plate? So it's not one more thing that I have to tackle and do, whereas Mm -hmm. it's something that I can delegate to a service or whatever to do. Um, And then on the other hand, there's the whole, okay, you do want to tackle it yourself and how do you keep it simple? But you're right. We're all super, super busy. And so maybe it's hard because you have to go even to the motivation. Like, it just seems so daunting for most people to even yeah. tackle this. Um, but one of my favorite Peloton instructors always says, sometimes you got to do it for your last name if you can't do it for your first name. Mm. And eating whole foods and taking the time to, on the weekends, defrost and meal prep and grill a little bit, you know, it doesn't have to be monumental. Again, people think, oh my gosh, I have to make five casseroles. I'm going to tear my kitchen apart. Like we've seen the memes, right? It's yeah. like... <laughs> everything's going to look to, you know, it's going to take me two days to recover. And it's like, it doesn't really have to look that way. So I would say the first thing that people can do when they're really crazy busy is just look at automation, get it off my plate. I don't cook. Okay. Make a lot of smoothies and put a lot of vegetables and fruits and stuff in, in protein and them do that, do smoothies or use some sort of automated service where they're actually delivering the food to you. And I remember doing that for a long time before mm-hmm. I could cook. Um, now it's important to me that I actually do the cooking and yes, something's going to always, um, I don't want to say suffer or you're going to sacrifice something. Meaning I have two businesses. I could have grown one or other of them way bigger than I have now. If I had more time in my day that I wasn't working out and preparing food, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think about that sometimes cause that does take up a lot of my time. And sometimes people go, you know what, but I'm choosing, I'd rather build those things. Well, what happens with us though, as Americans is then we get to the place in life where we can't because we're sick, right? Or we have some sort of ailment that's related to our diet, metabolic disease. Then we're forced to pay attention to those things. And then we try to catch up, right? Which is what I see a lot of people do. They're like, oh, I got to get healthy now. It's like, well, you can, and you can reverse a lot. But really, if we had prioritized it earlier on by making some sacrifices in other areas. So it's, that's a tough one, though, because it's, everybody's so different. That's the, that's the unfortunate part is that most change comes from when 
pain. the pain of whatever you're dealing with has become too great. Right. That's right. Um, and it is hard. Um, and so I think that's why it's probably not realistic that everyone is suddenly going to do this. Right. And, right. and suddenly prioritize their health and because they've got things that they believe is a bigger priority or they're not ready yet. You know, maybe they're they're still excuses in their head that are just too strong and, and eventually it will come to a point where they'll have to do it. Um, but, you know, I do think that there's there's a growing number of people that do choose to prioritize it. Um, and so I think for those people, it's like I, I completely agree for us. It's just we have to just make it as easy as possible, you know, um, and give the systems and the habits because, one, it doesn't need to be complicated. Like it, it really doesn't. It, it, it just, there's so much information out there and so much just what you have to do where again, it's just focus on the, the little things and um, don't, don't try to make it too complicated in your head. You know, like a lot of the times people will ask me, I just, you know, I want to start cooking more, but I just don't know. I don't know what to make. Like I need more recipes. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, what do you eat? Usually, like, what did you eat yesterday, right? What did you eat yeah. two days before that? What What do you eat when you eat out? Okay, take that and just make it instead. Make it. Make your own version of it at home. Like, eat the things you still enjoy eating. Just, just make them instead. But I feel That's like we want point. like this. We want this like blueprint or this like crazy recipe book that always inevitably just kind of sits collecting dust in our shelves. Yeah, that is a good point because if you think about okay. I, you went out to grub, you had a burger, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can make that easily at home and you yep. just make it a lot healthier. And they, what do they say? Like what you make at home has 30% calories right off the top. Yeah. Um, than what you, the same equivalent thing that you would buy out, um, you know, and then again, this goes back to our 80, 20, it's 80, 80% whole food. So it doesn't matter what you're cooking. It yeah. doesn't even matter if you don't cook. Um, but I would say a couple other little hacks, like it's just carrying your food with you all the time and it doesn't have to be cooked food. Um, you know, we're big on personal coolers. Um, my, you know, we, my husband was traveling for a while there when we had four kids in four different schools and I had my business and they did sports. So I was doing four drop-offs, four pickups. I would say for moms and anybody who, you know, has a lot of children is doing a lot of the caretaking or just busy individuals, just carry a personal cooler. That's one of the biggest life hacks ever Mm. that I teach in my healthy living community is just I always, I never leave the house. If I'm going to be gone for more than an hour and a half, I've got my personal cooler with me and it's got, you know, fruits, nuts, a protein bar. Um, I do a lot of overnight oats. Overnight oats are so easy Mm. to make at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the week because you're just mixing something into a jar. So focus on grab and go items, things that you can just cut into squares, grab, put in the, your personal lunchbox and go. Because a lot of the times we have like we said, very big plans for how we're going to get healthy. And then the execution becomes the issue. And so when you get really hungry or things don't go as planned, especially for um, caretakers of of children, that's where we usually get tripped up because um, we're at a basketball game and there's a concession stand with the cans of melted cheese and Mm -hmm. hot dogs and all these highly palatable foods like we talked about before that we know that aren't good for us. And then you're left unprepared and you're starving and the game runs longer and then it goes into overtime and you're like, ah, and you just, that's, that's what you end up having to do. Yeah. And so um, that's, that's one of the rules that I live by is again, I always have a personal cooler with me um, when the kids had games and they were going back and forth and we were picking up people. I always have food and I still do, even though two of my kids are living on their own now they're out and two of my kids are home. Today, here I am, still have my cooler. I have overnight oats with me downstairs. I have rolled up turkey breast. 
Um, and I'm eating a lot of whole foods, but that didn't require any cooking at all. Yeah. So some of those things for us are like just Greek yogurts and turkey breast lunch meat. We do nitrate free organic. We do do that. Mm-hmm. I know I, I follow all the same people that we have been yeah. talking about, yeah. Herman. And, um, you know, there's some, all these videos, which I love those people because they're still adding good value, even though yeah. I still buy organic. I, it doesn't mean that we can't get value from each other. Sure. Um, so I, I have organic turkey breast with me all the time. I roll it up into a pickle. I have little guacamole cups. Um, I carry little hummus cups. All of that stuff is just grab and go, easy to purchase at like Costco or Sam's, and you don't have to cook anything. I mean, now Costco and Sam's are, are actually selling just rotisserie chickens, or they sell grilled chicken by the individual cups that you can mm-hmm. just carry those with you. Um, rice cakes, easy. So sometimes when my husband's traveling, I don't ever have to cook because my mm-hmm. husband is really big, very muscular. He lifts weights. He eats a lot. So when he's gone, I feel like I get a free pass the week and I could go the whole week without cooking, but still eat super, super healthy by just grab and go things. Yeah. Um, so the cooler definitely is a great life hack. I would say for anybody who works full time, has a lot going on. We even travel with it. I don't go on an airplane without my snacks. I don't go on a vacation without all my snacks. Nothing. Yeah. Always have it. One, the, the organic comment. So I, again, I understand, I completely understand. And trust me, like I, you know, I even personally will still choose most things, organic grass fed. Um, some of that probably comes from my days where I was obsessed with clean eating, but also I just think it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with choosing to do some of that. Even if you, even if you look at the evidence and understand like, Hey, there's nothing that says that organic is, is naturally healthier. But I'm just going to choose to do this because I, I, I think it's important for myself and it's okay if other people don't, you know, because I think that's that's more the issue is when people will say, oh, well, this beef isn't organic, so I'm just not going to, I'm not going to eat this meat, you know, right. because and they I can't. don't do that. I'm sure you don't either. Like we right. both eat out. Like I, right. I'm yeah. going to eat non-organic. Yeah. Or, or people that don't, they can't afford organic, right? Then right. they're like, oh, exactly. I shouldn't, I shouldn't eat vegetables and I shouldn't eat this meat. It's like, no, that's still probably going to be better Better. you know um so so i think that's that's where it comes from from that piece but i love that cooler tip that's like a you're like a walking healthy ice cream truck essentially (laughs) um and that's because it's so true that when you the biggest times to get in trouble is when we just don't have anything available you know um so like if you are if you just kind of get into a habit and that sounds like a very very easy one where you're just constantly restocking this thing and you know the kids just kind of know it's always there and it's just it, it's it's almost like like you said it's automatic it's it's something that is just always there and it's so hard herman when you're at a chick-fil-a and it smells so good <laughs> right okay so because i have teenagers and yeah. they don't eat like i do they drive they have to make their own money and yes they eat chick-fil-a and wendy's and i am in those pickup lines I am in the Zaxby's line probably at least twice a yeah. week yeah. and I have to smell the chicken fingers. Well, guess what? I get to reach for something that feels very satisfying in that moment. Emergency food. I even carry dark chocolate with me or a dark chocolate covered almond. So if something's really calling my name, like they've got Oreos and my kids are like engorging Oreos, I have something to pull from. So it's really tough, yeah. not just when it's unprepared, but when you are faced with temptation where you're like, ah, oh, God, this smells so good. And I'm a little hungry. You just reach for your reach for your cooler. Yeah. And well, especially when you have 
kids, right? Because like, yeah. again, like I don't think there's anything wrong with having Chick-fil-A sometimes, but I think yeah. anyone with kids understands that's like you're tempted by leftover like chicken nuggets or whatever like, five times a week. So exactly. that, all that stuff adds up. It puts you in the situation where there's yeah. more of it. Yeah. Because you might, it, like I said, there is nothing wrong with it. Like you said, I could eat Chick-fil-A once in a while if I want to. I would have no problem with it. No shame right. around it. But I'm in the line three times a week. Yeah. That's a little yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that helps a lot. And that's, I think the, so I've given that same piece of advice too, for having food in the house, um, heading into the weekend, because that's a big one too, that people often say, oh, well, you know, I, I seem to always fall off on the weekend. And a lot of times that comes from like, you literally just don't have anything left in your fridge because you do your grocery shopping on Sunday or whatever. And then by the time you get to Friday, it's like, cool, I got through all the stuff. Now there's nothing there. And so the only option is to eat out. So sometimes if that's the case, I think it helps to go go get more groceries on a Thursday or a Friday and pick out something fun in the grocery store that you can make for dinner Friday night with the family and enjoy your dinner, you know? And I think when you do that and you go into the fridge on Saturday, you're so much less tempted to like go out for brunch every single weekend because you actually have things to eat. That is so true. It's such a great point. And even if you buy it at the grocery stores, let's just say it's pizza because like Friday nights we generally do pizza. Mm -hmm. Well, we're buying a thin crust cauliflower pizza mm -hmm. with vegetables on it, right? And then I add more vegetables on top of that because again, yeah. we're just crowding in the vegetables. And so they look forward to it. It's a tradition. It's not Papa John's, but it's healthier and we have something on the weekend to look forward to and that's fun. But you're right. That brings me back also to bulk cooking and like batch cooking, mm -hmm. you know, so, bulk, you know, when you're meal prepping, we generally people think about it like on Sundays, but really, um, I would say I bulk cook twice a week. So your tip about going to the grocery store again on Thursday and Friday is so appropriate because you're right. Mm -hmm. We run into where we don't have food on the weekends. Well, Wednesday or Thursday, do another bulk cook, which is basically cooking a couple things at one time, cooking more than what you need. Or like this week, I cooked a frittata, which frittatas, guys, are like the easiest thing to prep yeah. ever. And you can put it on repeat and you can throw anything that you got in your in your refrigerator into it. So we had a frittata this weekend that we we ate through the whole weekend because I prepped it on Thursday. And then there was one other thing I prepped on Thursday. We ate flawlessly through the weekend just because I had bulk cooked on Wednesday or Thursday. So I don't think it always has to be like Sunday meal prep day or monumental or even complicated. These are really yeah. simple recipes you throw together. And just want to also add that a lot of this is on repeat. You know, the healthiest people I know are eating a lot of the same things, just yes. seasoned differently, you know, yep. compiled differently. Um, if I can get into kind of some of the things I make generally, like every week, it's like grilled chicken. Well, you can season it differently. You can put it in a thousand different things in a mm -hmm. thousand different ways. You can do Mexican bowls or you can do salads. You can do wraps with it. Um, we'll make cold salads, throw the chicken in there. <laughs> the other night I prepped a soup and the soup was at its end. Like we have gotten to the bottom of it. Well, I still had grilled chicken, diced mm -hmm. up the grilled chicken, threw it in the soup. If you have grilled chicken, you can make anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the fly, you can do yeah. buffalo wraps. I mean, and so just grilled chicken every single week, grilled chicken. The other thing we do every single week is we, um, 
make a healthy type of carb. We'll do brown rice or we'll do quinoa, lots of quinoa. Mm -hmm. And then we do boiled potatoes. Um, We do a lot of that. And then we refrigerate it all so it cools down completely. And then we use it throughout the week in lots of different ways. If Mm -hmm. it's already ready, it's easy to throw into a recipe. So you're not necessarily having to prep all your meals on Sunday. You're, You're bulk cooking. So you're actually making parts of the meal at one time. And then you're throwing them into the meals throughout the week. And again, it's super simple. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, you know, always having beef patties. Like we have beef patties yeah. on the fly, like constantly. So last night I didn't have a meal prepared. Um, so I just threw some beef patties in the air fryer and we had cauliflower thins, which I love cauliflower thins, mm-hmm. um, because you can toast them till they're really crispy and it, um, it reduces the amount of white bread. Cause I don't eat a ton of, we eat carbs. We're not yeah. anti-carb, but it just is brings me into my macro range. So mm-hmm. we love that. And then all the fixins. I mean, it is the best cheeseburger ever. Um, the other thing we keep in stock a lot for the weekends, like you were talking about weekends is where people fall apart. It's just frozen sweet potato fries, you know, mm. from Trader Joe's or mm-hmm. ones from Costco and just throwing that in the air fryer and then having a salad with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not doing a ton of anything, like I said, complicated. It's just bulk cooking all of it so that it's ready to be pulled into a meal at one time. Yeah. that. So the whole time you were talking, I was like shaking my head. Like those, those are such yeah. amazing tips. And what I, I do so much of that without even like really realizing it. Cause right. we, and th- like meal prepping in general, I think almost gets a bad rep because the way it's been presented to so many people is this giant thing where you take four hours of your Sunday to make all your food for the week. And that might work for some people. I hate that. Like I, yeah. it would drive me nuts. Cause one, yeah. I like my Sunday. I don't want to, I don't want to spend the whole afternoon doing that. And two, I don't want all this stuff sitting in my fridge cooked until Friday. Like I, I I do the same exact thing where I say, okay, I always have a rotating, you know, I have some kind of chicken. I've got some kind of beef. I've got some kind of pork, some kind of fish. And I just, you know, we'll change the cut or the type of fish or whatever weekly. And then we'll always have, you know, rice, potatoes, um, probably some kind of quinoa or, you know, I'll have some brown rice noodles in, in the cupboard, always ready to go. And then just a mix of different veggies. And some of that will be, you know, maybe we'll have some broccoli. Maybe it'll just be a bag of lettuce and some cucumbers or tomato or whatever it is. And whenever you make something, you just make more of it than you need, you know, and now you always have something in the fridge that can overlap with something else, you know? So like, that's one of the things when people ask, okay, well, and I think this was a mind pump tip, tip, uh, Adam will always say, okay, well, if you don't, you know, people always say, how do I get more protein for breakfast? And the easiest way to do that is whatever meat you make for dinner, eat it also for breakfast you know, yeah. on the side of your eggs or whatever it is. Um, it doesn't need to be that complicated, but always having something there and just cooking more of whatever you make makes it so much easier. And the last thing was you talked about kind of like having always like frozen patties or something like having those emergency things where, Hey, you're not, Oh, you know, there's just going to be things you're going to maybe have a, a parent teacher conference, or maybe you're going to have a late night at work or whatever it is that you want to have something there just in case those nights happen where like you have literally nothing to make. Okay, cool. I'm just going to pop this on for 10 minutes on the stove 
and it's ready to go. Um, I will usually have, you know, like I'll buy like a pack of chicken breast or something that isn't meant for any meal and we'll just cook it and just have it sit in the fridge for a couple of days, literally just for those moments That's where right. it's like, all right, I just need to have something in here. I'm going to throw this in there. Yeah. Just mix it in. I mean, chicken is the best to do that, but I mean, that is, that is key. And then the vegetable part is just roasting a ton of vegetables, mm-hmm. but you're so right about just bulk cooking and cooking way more than you need. So if you're, if you're cooking a meal, I'm never cooking a meal. I'm cooking at least two meals, uh, meaning two sets of like a menu items and then just lots of it. Yeah. And yeah. then once there's lots of it, you said, like you said, is I'll take it and put it in the individual containers. So the meal prep containers actually are the leftover containers that are mm-hmm. prepped into separate meals. Yeah. So tonight I'll make, I'm making um, chickpea noodles with like a really great, like healthy red sauce mm-hmm. and roasted vegetables. Well, that'll all go into those meal prep containers. That'll last another couple of days. So you don't always have to do this on Sunday. Like you said, cause I think it really has gotten a bad rap about, Oh my gosh, this is what it's going to take us too much. Well, mm-hmm. then separate it out. It only should take a few minutes. Like tonight, I'll probably prep overnight oats. Overnight oats literally take like five minutes. Just pour it right. into the jars, pour the, you know, shake it up and put it in the fridge. So yeah. easy. It's and like my thing, favorite breakfast. Oh my gosh. Me, same thing. I had it this morning. Well, and the cool thing is now, I mean, I've gotten to the point where I'll buy the protein shakes that are pre-made, mm-hmm. put the half a cup of oatmeal or oats in the jar and then pour the pre-made protein in, shake it up. And that's delicious with chia seeds. That's a great idea. Tastes like chocolate pudding the next day. So um, lots of easy ways, but definitely frittatas are a big one. And then you can cut them into pieces and those can be grab and go. That way you're always filling that little cooler, always filling your little cooler. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, protein bars if you have to have them. Um, but the other thing that I was going to mention that we do a lot is just smoothies. Um, mm. You know, I do a lot of smoothies because it's a really easy grab and go, but you can throw a lot of stuff into it. I think so many times people think a shake and I do need to, I do a lot of education on the difference between a shake. A shake is a filler, like, right, okay, I got to have some protein right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. fill in my protein macro. A smoothie is like protein, but like vegetables and yeah. avocados and um, greens. And so, yes, I am big on health and wellness, but I'm also, you know, obviously a professional makeup artist. Skin is hugely important to me and, um, um, keeping it healthy. And so eating a lot of greens is a big part Mm. of that. We go through a shit ton of greens and the Mm -hmm. way that we do it is just by throwing it into the blender and blending it down. You can't taste it. It's really great for your gut and it's really great for your skin. Um, chia seeds and, flax and avocado and then you can actually open up any other supplements that you've got the capsules and pour them into your smoothie and you cannot taste them so if you take a lot of supplements it's a great way to just open the capsule pour it in blend it down and so i do that at least once a day is just have a really great healthy nutrient dense smoothie yeah the the greens for anyone that's like i hate vegetables or i just i can never get them in put them in a smoothie or put them in anything that you cook, just put a bunch of leafy greens, take two handfuls and let them just cook down. You'll barely even notice it and you'll still get plenty of the nutrients from it. Um, I just think that's, you know, again, it's, you don't need to overcomplicate it. Um, I'm working with someone right now and you know, he didn't really eat a ton of veggies before. And I was like, well, what is, what's one that you just actually really, really enjoy eating? Uh, carrots. Cool. 
we're going to have a handful of carrots every meal. Like just, just eat, just eat just 10 of them, you know, and, and that's it. And we'll, and we'll move on to more diversity and things like that later on, but let's not overcomplicate it. Pick something that you like. Um, you know, worst, worst case for me, it's like, if I'm not making broccoli or something, I'll just cut up some cucumber as I'm cooking dinner and just, and just eat it as, as we kind of go, um, and just keep it as super simple as possible. That's right. Super simple. I guess we, we, we've, uh, hammered home that point, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep it simple, sister. How, how about, how about just overall fitness and training and working out, um, you know, for people who are listening are like, I don't have time to commit to strength training and doing a three or four day split. And I feel like i never have the same time to go into the gym. Like, how do you, how do you stay consistent with that? Um, well, I do three full body. So I don't do a split of any type of body group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that that has worked really well. And again, listening to mind pump helped me with a lot of that. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't have to split it up all the time. I'm doing way better just getting three, but I will say for women, especially my age, um, they tend to lean towards the classes where they're doing a lot of low rep, low weight, or I'm sorry, high rep, low weight, yep. um, even in the weight room, you know, just doing the same movements over and over again. And um, I've lifted weights for quite some time, but when I really started to see the best results is when I went to actually working out less, mm-hmm. right, but lifting heavier. Um, and that is one thing I'm having to really push that point on a lot of women. They're like, Oh, I work out or I lift weights. And I'm like, are you under the bar? No, they're not. They're just on a machine. They're like, I go through the circuit and I'm like, but you're not really pushing. You're not really sweating. You're not gritting your teeth. You know, that's not considered progressive overload. And so really teaching and helping women to be inspired to really get under the bars and lift really heavy. And I, I prioritize it. Meaning, you know, I do some very high powered people in our area as far as my clientele. And if they call and they need me during a workout that I already have scheduled, I say, I'm sorry, I'm booked. You know, I keep Mm -hmm. promises to myself and you don't have to feel bad about that. And a lot of women do feel bad about that, especially we struggle more with that, that mom guilt. Oh, my kid left his lunch. Well, I'm like, I'm at the point maybe because I've had four kids and been a mom for 20 years. I'm like, well, sorry, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm at the gym. So, oh, well, you know, um, yeah, there's occasions where I'm going to help them, but most of the time they know mom's not going to mess with her, her gym schedule. So keeping that promise to yourself, um, set it, don't move it. That's my, my piece of advice. I would just have it on your calendar, get it over early in the day, even if it means you have to get up really earlier than you're, than you want to. Then just walking, you know, I come from an era of heavy cardio, lots of hit. And I used to feel like if I didn't throw up, in, or feel like I was going to throw up in the workout, then it wasn't worth my while. And I really mm. learned that for fat burning, um, just walking and getting my steps in, in addition to my progressive overload lifting has meant my body has changed significantly. I feel so much better. We want that toned body that we see, but we don't realize it's coming from getting into the, on the weight floor and not in the classes doing yeah. the high um, rep, low weight, like five pound dumbbells, you know, um, you're not going to get bulky. You're going to get slim. You're going to look amazing in a bathing suit. You're going to feel your best. I am my heaviest I've ever been right now. 10 years ago, that would have freaked me the fuck out. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I'm heavy, but I'm also 12 and a half percent body fat with abs showing through. Like I'd way rather have, 
that and my metabolism is revved. That's the other thing, like lifting weights. It's great for your bones. It's great for, you know, to build muscle because they say you're going to just age, like you said at the beginning, and this is inevitable. And, you know, that's it. It's downhill from here. And I'm mm -hmm. like, fuck that. I'm going in the opposite direction. Like I'm trying to age in reverse and mm -hmm. I want to build muscle. And when you do that, this is the other thing I'd love for women to realize, especially um, is that you can eat more. You know, yeah, I eat all day long. I feel yeah. like all I do is eat. My siblings make fun of me because I'm like always starving. And it's because I, my, you know, muscle is metabolically very hungry. It wants the calories to feed it. And so I'm able to eat a lot more. And so I would love to see um, people really realize that they can actually rev their metabolism by lifting heavy. And they don't have to restrict themselves to very low calories. So that's why I love your content because you're always sharing that same like, Lift heavy, walk, drink water, sleep, manage stress. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Those are the those are the big rocks. And then all the other little things like exactly what you're eating, fine-tuning all of that can come later in the journey. A hundred, one hundred percent. I mean, there's so much gold in what you just said. I'm just gonna try to summarize it and make sure we get we get the big points. But one, full body. I mm -hmm. uh, I'm definitely a big proponent of that, especially if you're a busy person. And the biggest reason is because, you know, people will look and say, oh, well, for the, the most optimal results, you need a four day upper lower split and do all this volume. And the reality is, if you miss half of those workouts every week, and you literally neglect an entire muscle group every week, it doesn't matter. So if you do two to three full body workouts, and you're hitting them every single week, and even if you miss one, you still hit the full body, then that's awesome. You know, right. and, and you're going to make way more progress doing that. So I'm totally on board with, with that strategy. Um, I think the second piece, and that's the hardest one for that I find um, with women too, is just lifting heavy enough, you know, Cause, and I think it's coming from a place because we're so used to those circuit training classes, right. And, and doing, moving all the time and doing a ton of reps all the time and just having, and being drenched in sweat and looking at the, the number of calories we burn on our watches, but that's not how you build muscle effectively. And if you just slow down and as hard as it is, like, and I get it, you know, it's, it's hard to move from that to wait. Now I, now I rest for a minute or two in between my sets and my watch says I burned like 200 calories and you know, it's, I, I get, it's a really hard thing, but if you can, if you can up the weight and most likely you can up the weight from where you yep. currently are and get to literally a few reps to failure and do that a couple times a week on just the big movements, a squat, a hip hinge, meaning like a deadlift, a chest press, a row, an overhead press, some kind of carry do just that twice a week and you will have significantly better and faster results than anything else that you've been doing where it's a million different movements every single minute. Totally agree. And if you can, I mean, I think I posted a picture of that recently. I posted a picture of my butt mm -hmm. cardio Lisa versus, you know, weightlifting Lisa. Yeah. And I had so many messages, especially from women like, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah, I know. And I did it. For, and I've always been fit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when I changed my method to where I can barely, like today, I felt like veins were going to pop out of my neck. Like yeah. he's got me lifting so heavy right now. 
And he says I'm on the big boy rack because I'm on the bottom, you know, where the 55s and the 60 pounds are. But the change has been so significant and so much faster. And my afterburn and my metabolism and all the benefits. And I'm tired at night. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're so right. But um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that, you know, building muscle, one, it is more, like you said, it takes more for your body to maintain, meaning you have to burn more calories to maintain muscle than fat. So just increasing muscle increases your metabolism. That's right. Number two. And I didn't understand that for so many years. <laughs> right. Number two. I shoot myself in the foot. Go ahead. Muscle, muscle takes up 25% less space than fat. So two people who weigh the same exact weight, the person with more muscle will look smaller than the other person. So that's that toned look that we talk about. And you know, everyone's always afraid that they're going to get bulky, but it's, it's the opposite. You know, when we talk about that, that toned body, it's not endless hours of cardio and it's not trying to restrict as much food as you possibly can. It's, it's really kind of the opposite of that. You know, it, it's getting stronger. It's building more muscle. It's eating enough food to actually fuel yourself. And yeah, there's a part where maybe later on, you know, you go into a cut or something and lose some of the fat, but you're going to, if you eat exactly what you eat now and you start actually building muscle with progressive overload, you're going to be burning more calories anyway. So some of that's just naturally going to happen. That is true. And I will say, I have to add this just for, you know, cause I am a female is that a lot of women restrict a lot of carbs. And I did that for yeah. a lot of years while lifting and I didn't see as great results cause I was really restricting the carbs. And when I introduced carbs back in with the progressive overload, like my muscles went, I mean, expanded exponentially. I, mm-hmm. I feel like when I look back at pictures, I'm like, wow. And so, yeah, I'm not eating. I, personally, I will not eat like donuts and bagel. I have certain things that I still, I, don't, I just don't want to deal with what it does to my blood sugar and the spikes and highs and lows. But mm-hmm. I do eat more carbs, brown rice, sweet potatoes. I'll eat white rice. I don't care. I eat oatmeal, those types of things. So when I added that back in too, so no restriction on, um, you know, I, I watch the um, total grams per day. I might mm-hmm. look at that, but it's not as important as it used to be. Um, that really changed for me as well. So, you know, not restricting, huge point. Super important. And carbs, you know, one, they whether we want to say that you can build muscle without them or you can get energy without them, they make it a lot easier. (laughs) You know, um, it's still our brain's preferred source of energy and it is a hell of a lot easier to build muscle when you're eating enough carbs. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a crazy amount either, but you know, just have a, a scoop full or two at every meal. And If you start feeling like you're bloated and you're eating too much, take it down. Like it doesn't have, you know, you don't need to force feed yourself by any means, but a lot of times you'll start noticing some of those things that, you know, oh, well, I was feeling like I was tired all the time and not recovering or, you know, I have a headache. And um, especially if you can't, um, if you can't fall asleep and stay asleep, you know, people who feel like they're tired and wired, a lot of times just adding a little bit of carbs throughout the day. And like you said, you know, doesn't mean like you need to start shoving donuts onto your plate, but, you know, add some rice, add some potatoes, start your, your day with some oatmeal. You'll feel, you'll feel a little bit better pretty quickly. 
and it fuels the workout. You feel stronger and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it does help actually the protein synthesis to happen in the muscle. You have mm-hmm. to have carbs to have it happen. And I didn't realize I was really, um, cutting myself off at the knees that I wasn't eating as much and as many carbs as I probably should have. But I do fall again in that middle camp where I don't eat everything just because it fits in my macros. Candy yeah. and Reese's can fit in my macros, but I still don't do that because I don't want to what it does to my body and what it, how it makes me feel and what it does to my gut. So I am big on the gut health factor as well, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but hopefully women know that they can still build muscle after the age of 40 and you can do a lot to age in reverse. Um, I know Dr. Mark Hyman just came out with a new book on aging and longevity and I can't wait to read it, but I heard a podcast from him this week and he said, you know, um, a lot of people start working out because they want to look great, but they do it because they feel great. Right. And they love what mm-hmm. they see and they feel amazing. And halfway through the workout, you get that rush. Um, but also when you look good, um, that is indicative of your metabolic health too. He was kind of talking about how like people who look younger are actually usually biologically and metabolically younger. Mm-hmm. Like there is a correlation. And so um, there's nothing wrong with chasing both. And I yeah. hope that people get that from my Instagram. Cause I do a lot of like, you know, makeup and cause that's what I do. Makeup image tips, how to look younger, but fitness and nutrition and are a huge, huge part of that. That's why I can't yeah. neglect that. People always want to like hone in on your niche. And I'm like, but my niche is so many things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what makes you unique. And I think, I think that's a great, that's probably a great closing note in general is that, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look young and wanting to look good and toned and strong. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think ultimately it just comes down to, you also want to feel like that. Right. So if you're gonna, if you're doing things that all you're doing is chasing a weight goal and getting down to levels where it's not sustainable and your mental health is, is terrible, probably not a great idea. Right. But if you're doing the things that Hey, you know, this makes me feel strong and look strong. And I I have confidence when I look in the mirror and also I have tons of energy throughout my day. That's a really good place to be. So I a hundred percent agree. It's, it's ultimately, you, you just want to find a place where you can really achieve both and it's totally possible. It totally is. And hopefully that's, you know, kind of what we're setting that example. That's what our goal is, right. Is to inspire that. But in closing, you know, um, I was, Thinking back, I forgot the quote, um, the Darren Hardy quote I was thinking of was um, success is found in the moment to moment decisions Mm. that in themselves make no visible difference whatsoever, but the accumulating compounding effect is profound. I think that really sums up how I've tried to approach health and wellness and fitness and everything is that sometimes we, we underplay or undervalue the little baby things, the little tiny things, the one bun, the extra fries, the extra dessert. And we go, Oh, well, you know, um, it's okay right now because I've already ruined the day. And I call that getting a case of the fuckets, you know, like (laughs) I kind of, you know, I screwed up today. So might as well screw up tonight. Oh, I screwed up yesterday. So might as well screw up the week or it's the holiday. So might as well just throw caution to the wind for the holiday. When really the healthiest people among us, those who are able to really stick to it long-term, which is what we want. We want a lifestyle. They don't just get a case of the fuckets. They, they yeah. really do focus on the little things over time. And it's, we downplay the significance of that. But there is a lot of truth to that. That's where the power is. That's where the huge changes come is those little tiny baby decisions you make 
to meal prep one thing today, mm-hmm. walk one more time today and split it up. You know, again, like even walking, yes, I walk every day, but I split it up. I walk once in the morning and then maybe after lunch, I'll take a quick walk around the block or when my kids are going over at school or I'm waiting in a pickup line or, you know, whatever, I'll get out of my car and actually walk. The other day I was watching one of my kids do, you know, jujitsu and they have treadmills there and no parents I ever see get on a treadmill ever. And I got on the treadmill for the full hour and I walked 40 minutes uphill and one of the moms looked at me, she goes, you know, it's never occurred to me to get on that treadmill. And I was like, (laughs) that's how we are. But that's, a little piece of time I could have been sitting on my phone or scrolling or whatever, but I got to watch him play jujitsu or practice and be on the treadmill at the same time. So look for opportunities where you can throw in just a little something because the little somethings are what add up to a big fucking something, you know what I mean? Down the road. So I love that. I had to remember that quote, had to throw that quote in there. Perfect. I think we end on that. Awesome. Good to talk with you today. You too, Lisa. Thank you so much. And it's, it's just so wonderful to have somebody on that. Again, I think you just show that it's, it is possible no matter what, what, how crazy your lifestyle is or how busy you are, or, you know, if you're getting older, none of those things really matter as much as you probably think they do in your head. Um, and you just, you just got to keep it simple and just automate systems and, really focus on how do you make it work within your own life. So I appreciate you being a shining example of that. Thank you so much, Herman. Hopefully we've inspired so many today. 100%. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. And honestly, you know, I really just wish that it just makes your life a little bit easier because I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing with health is how do you make it as simple as possible? So if you're enjoying the show, make sure to leave a great review and subscribe for future episodes. All right. See you guys.